Hello, Americans. Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. Any of you guys remember that? Nobody remember that? Yeah, some of you are too young maybe to remember that. Paul Harvey used to be on the radio. And when he spoke, he had a way of telling stories. He had his way, his pattern of way, and his, his voice would crack, you know, and when he would speak. He tells this story of a little old man on the east coast of Florida that would go to this crickety pier every Friday night. And his name was Eddie, and he'd have a bucket in his hand, and he would shuffle his way onto this pier, and he would have a bucket of shrimp, and he would feed the seagulls. Well, way back in World War II, stationed and under, under the, um, in an operation under the command of Douglas MacArthur, uh, he and his buddies were on a, uh, a B-17, and somehow uh, radio signals got lost. They, they kind of got lost and floundered, and they landed the aircraft uh, in the ocean. Uh, now, he and his buddies are marooned on these pieces of plane. And over time, as you can imagine, uh, they had several enemies. Uh, the sun was horrible. The salt water was devastating and took uh, much of what they needed. Uh, of course, there they were marooned. And of course, uh, I think the largest piece that somebody was on was five by nine. And so the largest shark they ever saw, they said that had to have been over 10 feet long. And so the sharks were going around them, but their biggest enemy was starvation. The salt water had really ruined most of their rations. And so now starvation was setting in. And he tells the story, Eddie tells the story of how Cherry, evidently he was the, the gentleman in charge, uh, Captain William Cherry, he tells the story, Eddie does, of how he read the service that afternoon. And when we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise, there was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. This had been after about three weeks. And they were there starving and uh, he says he pulled down his hat over his face and he dozed off. And then he continues by saying this, something landed on my head. I knew it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew, I just knew it. And everyone else knew it too. No one said a word, but peering out under my hat, I, without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces and they were all staring at this gull. The gull means food. And if I could catch it, and as you can imagine, that's the rest of the story is history. Captain Eddie caught the gull, and then they ate the bird's flesh, and the intestines were used to catch fish, and the survivors were sustained, uh, on their hopes of renewed because this lone seagull had been sacrificed so that they could survive. And so on a lonely stretch 
uh, along the east coast of Florida, you could see this old man walking with his white hair and his bushy eyebrows slightly bent over and his bucket filled with shrimp. And he was there to feed those goals, to remember one that on a day a long time before that gave itself without a struggle, which meant their survival. They were delivered. Last week, we began a journey where we, and we call this a timeless, we began a journey in the Bible and we talked about how everything starts with God. And today, I want us to go to the book of Exodus, the second book. And the book of Exodus really is about, you could say, if I asked you, what's the book of Exodus about? Well, it's about the word Exodus. It's about the children, God's people, being brought out of Egypt. I want to remind you what we talked about last week. I want to remind you of one thing. Exodus is the same of, as every other book in the Bible, and that is this. Exodus is about God. Yes, it's true. I'm not being the word police here. It's true. The children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Exodus, the great Exodus. But it's also about, we, our central theme here is what God is doing. And God delivers is what I want to talk to you about in the time I have remaining today, of how God delivers. So in the book of Exodus, we come up upon the very, uh, and we're going to be, we're going to start in the second chapter, by the way, if you want to turn there in your Bible. We know that if you read Genesis, I mean, you just, you realize just how much messed upness there is. I mean, by chapter three, the fall of man, and then God promises I'm going to send salvation. And so it's a beautiful book, but man, people are so messed up and they do what's right in their own eyes and there's a great flood by chapter six. And all the way through, chapter 11 is about, uh, I mean, the Tower of Babel. And, but lo and behold, God makes a promise to Abram, Abraham, and he's going to create a people. And by 15, we see the covenant that he makes with Abraham. And then it's established and God starts moving. And then there's a family. And Joseph uh, is the one who, who is sold into slavery. A bunch of bad stuff happens. And then he becomes a mighty leader, a, a well-known leader in Egypt. And so Israel, the people of God, the Abraham's children are saved by that. But that's where we pick up the story in chapter 2. In verse 23, we read, During those many days the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because their slavery and they cried out for help. And for cry for rescue from slavery came up to God because it had been a long time, a long time, I want to talk to you about a few things as we read the scriptures. We're just going to hit some notes here. The people of God had been in slavery now for 400 years. Verse 24, and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Here's the first thing. God saw God heard and God knew what was going on. 400 years is a long time. Think about that. 
almost twice as long as this nation has been a country. That's a long time, 400 years. God still saw what was going on. And so in Exodus 3, we remember, maybe you've heard this story, where Moses, I love this, Moses is on the backside of the desert. Now, I could preach just about this, just this alone. Moses is on the backside of the desert. Isn't it good to know that God, no matter where you are, no matter where, God shows up at unexpected places. That's good news for us. And God did show up, and he showed up in the form of a bush, and, and Moses goes up, and he wants to see, and he, say, and he calls him when he, he says that it, when his attention was put towards the bush, God says, Moses, Moses. And of course, he says to take off your sandals because the place where you stand is holy. And Moses has their attention. Now, Moses had been born. He was the deliverer who had been born to deliver. And Moses, he, he's raised as the prince of Egypt, and he is the deliverer. I want to remind you, and look at, look at verse 10 in chapter 3. Come, says the Lord, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God provided a deliverer. God provides a deliverer. Moses was delivered to be the deliverer, the prince of Egypt. God groomed to be used just at the right time at just the right place. And then after 430 years in Egypt, God sent Moses to demand their freedom. And when Pharaoh wouldn't do it, God sent plagues. He sent the plague of flood and and of blood, the plague of flood, of blood. Wow, I'm really having trouble here, aren't I? The frogs, the lice, the flies, the plague of cattle, the boils, the, the blains, the hail, the locusts, the darkness. And each one of them, uh, God, uh, we, we read that Her the Pharaoh, it only hardened his heart and he refused to obey the Lord. Well, the devil will fight you tooth and nail to keep the people in bondage. Yet the final plague would break Pharaoh's grip and the people would be granted freedom because God passed over the children of Israel's children, but those firstborn were killed and that was the last plague. That was very important to Israel's freedom, but we read in chapter, go up to chapter 12, verse 40, the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years, and at the end of the 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from Egypt. And then go on over to chapter 13, verse 3. And when Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. So he says, remember this day because God has delivered you. Here's the thing. God delivered his children out and specifically out of Egypt. But that wasn't enough for Pharaoh. They leave, they take everything and Pharaoh he has hardened his heart. He chases after them. And we read in Exodus 14 that God promises Moses and the children of Israel, 
you shall never see them again. But here they come. And so the angel of the Lord protects them. But here they are up against the Red Sea. There's no way of escape. And so the Lord has to deliver his people. But how is this going to happen? So the children of Israel are like, you brought us all the way out here. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why didn't you just leave us alone? And here we're going to die right out here in the middle of nowhere. And the Lord says, at one point he even says, you know, why do you cry out to me? Stretch, said Moses, stretch out, he, stretch out your hand in the sea, uh, take your staff, put it into the sea, and he, it, it separates. And the children of Israel go across on dry land. And so Moses, when he, he sees he takes away the cloud, I mean, the, the, the pillar there, and, and they come into the sea. And, and Moses, he says, Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course. And the Egyptians are completely destroyed. Verse 30, all the way over in chapter 14. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of Egypt's, the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so that the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Not only does God deliver you out, but God we see in this is God delivers his children from. Because there's two distinct things backed up on both sides there's no hope there's no way out they had to go through on dry land God held back those walls of water and he says you shall not see them again never again and so Moses gets the Ten Commandments he goes to takes the children of Israel to go to Mount Sinai he gets the Ten Commandments and they didn't even have the law yet before they broke it. And so they're on, there they are, and Moses is getting the law of God, and there they are, and what do they do? They act like they're still in Egypt, and they build a golden calf, just like the gods back in Egypt. And they build all, they, they and then Aaron, he lies, and he says, what is this, Aaron? Moses asked him. <laughs> He's like, well, I threw it all in, and out popped a calf. Just, I mean, it's just. And so we read, and we're way up on 34. He gets those Ten Commandments. He comes down. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of devastation, but in verse 4, in it's important that we see that Moses goes back up to the mountain and he pleads to God, please, we want to be your people. And, his, and God's wrath was pointing against them. And Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first because he had destroyed them when he came down off the mountain. And he rose early in the morning and he went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand two tablets of stone and the Lord descended in the cloud and he stood there with him and he proclaimed the name of the Lord and the Lord passed before him and this was because Moses had asked to see his glory and the Lord said this the Lord the Lord O God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness 
keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God gives them at Mount Sinai two things. One is he gives them their identity, and that is the Ten Commandments, the law. And he gives them his presence. This is, if you want to underline this and circle this, this is the first time in the Bible where the Lord actually describes and speaks of himself. He tells him who he is, and then God goes with them. In fact, if you look at the book of Exodus, there are two parts. Chapters 1 through 19 are God's deliverance out of Egypt, and then 20 through 40 is where God establishes a covenant relationship with his children. And I you might say, well, Johnny Mac, what does all this have to do with me and my life? What does this have to do with what we know now about the Bible. I mean, this is in the very first part. I mean, if you look at the book of Genesis, you just see all this mess up. And then even the children of Israel, it, 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 it is a mess. They come out, but yet they're always grumbling and complaining. Uh, they, put a, they build a God just like Egypt. And how, But what does this have to do with us? We have Jesus now. I want to tell you this morning, I want you to know that God delivers today. That's what you need to know today. That God is a deliverer. Last week we talked about it all starts with God. You could build your life on a lot of different things. Build your life on God. I want to encourage you today that God is a deliverer. And just like we saw in this story, when you see this story, I want you to know that the word of God is true still today and that you, I want you to know this morning that God sees, God hears, and God knows what is going on right now. Right here, right now in your life. In everybody here, all he sees all the sin, he sees all of the trouble, he sees all of the fallness, including in your life. And in my life, he sees all of it right here, right now. This church, you might think, oh, will you come over here? And we come to this church and everybody's got it together. Let me tell you something. I, I just, I know I've said this. I'm going to keep saying, I'm going to repeat myself over and over. This is a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints. Every person who's ever joined or led or been a part of this church is a sinner saved by grace, only by the grace of God. All of us were even enemies of God, Ephesians 2. We were enemies of God, but God has he sees what's going on, and this is where that second point is really important. God provides a deliverer today. God knows what's going on, and God provides a deliverer. Some of you are here right now, and you feel like you're so far from God, 
I want you to know that God provides a deliverer for you. Some of you might even be high right now. I want you to know that God can deliver you from whatever it is you're walking in, whether that is sin, whether that's rebellion, whether that's addiction. God is a deliverer. And I want you to know you might feel trapped by either addiction or a struggle or meaninglessness. You can be delivered. Jesus made a way out. Acts chapter 13, verse 38. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. The stuff that you try harder and harder for God, you can't do it on your own. Jesus can free you. Hebrews chapter one, chapter one. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. Now, I want to encourage you that He is a deliverer, that you can be delivered out, and that's the third thing. God will deliver you today, out. You can't be, listen, you can't be and do what you were created to do while you're still in bondage. Uh, they Notice that if you look at the story of Exodus, all the times that, remember Moses would come back to Pharaoh and he would say, let my people go. It's very interesting. When he got the instructions from God, the Lord would say to him, Say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And then there would be these words, so that they may serve me. Because they could not stay in Egypt and worship Yahweh, the God of Israel. You can't stay in bondage. Romans chapter 6 says this, For sin will have no more dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. John 8, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God will deliver you out today. God is a deliverer. I am free. God has set me free. Am I special? No. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me and he delivered me. Remember Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. You can't serve God and power, God and sin. God, you can't serve the press popularity, even in ministry. So many times you'll do things for God, you get into it for God, but before you know it, you'll get enslaved to people and what they think. And God has delivered us out of sin. We're under new management. This is why there's many people here when they worship, they're so overwhelmed because they realize that God has delivered them out. But it's not just that God delivered us out. He also delivered us from. God will deliver you today from. Backed up on both sides at that very moment. No hope, no way out. I want to tell you something. 
when you come to the Lord, you come and you ask for forgiveness and God will deliver you. But you know what? A church will try to change you from the outside in, but God will change you from the inside out. He will send his Holy Spirit to encourage you. And maybe you feel like, you know, Johnny, I, I'm, I'm out, but it seems like I haven't been delivered from. You know, sometimes you gotta walk through some stuff. Some of you might have to walk through some stuff that I have not walked through. Some of you might have to walk and get delivered from something that I have not, but vice versa. I want to encourage you today. God had, listen, until that day when the children of Israel got to the other side of the Red Sea, they were still enslaved. And God said, you shall never see them again. There's sometimes we're delivered out, but then sometimes we've got to get delivered from. And I want to encourage you today. Some of you may be here and you'll have to walk through some stuff and delivered from some stuff on the other side and the slave master is going to be dead one day. I want to encourage you today not to give up hope. God still delivers. Here's the last thing. God will give you a new identity and his presence in your life. He will give you a new identity. What was, what was it that God gave them at Sinai? He gave them the law and he gave them his presence. For us, he gives us, a, where is our identity? Our identity is in Christ. And he sends us the Holy Spirit to empower us, his presence in your life. I wanna encourage you, God will give you a new identity and his presence. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. God's a deliverer. Because through Christ, through, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their transgressions against them and entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. God is a deliverer. I know that this is a big story. I wanna challenge you today not to miss the simple truth. God is a deliverer. God delivers. God delivers. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on in your life. He provides a deliverer. No matter who you are and what you're even thinking about right now, he can deliver you. And he'll deliver you out. And he'll deliver you from. And one day, yeah, maybe that slave master's not dead yet. But one day, he's going to be gone. And then what will he do for you? And today, you can have that, a new identity, and you can have his presence in your life. I want to challenge you. And by the way, we're just in the second book of the Bible. There's a lot of people blowing it from here on. And you, that can be so overwhelming. You look at the like, man, they, they mess up. And, and they, the story is quite profound. Isn't that our story? Isn't that our story? I mean, lo and behold, would it be Sunday? It won't be Monday afternoon before we are a red-hot mess. 
And I want to encourage you today. God is a deliverer. He still delivers. I don't want you to give up hope. I don't want you to do that. Would you bow with me right now? Some of you might have given up hope. I just want you to be encouraged today that God sees, God knows, God hears everything that's going on. I'm telling you today that God delivers. He delivers. And he wants to bring you out. And he wants you to be delivered from too. He offers to you a new identity. Today, I pray that you would respond to him. Father, I thank you for every person here. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to know your deliverance today, Lord. Your grace is sufficient today, Lord. Lord, help us in our unbelief. Help us, Lord, to believe your word. In Jesus' name, amen.